This is episode 146 of Milwaukee's Tailgate Brewers podcast, part of the MKE Tailgate Podcast Network. I'm James Linger, joined today by Brad Ford, Paul Noonan, Ryan Top, and a special guest this week. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, we are, as always, sponsored by Carbon 4 Brewing. You know they're great beers like their flagship Fantasy Factory IPA, Block Party, and others. The next time you're in Madison, stop by their brewery on Kinsman Boulevard on the east side to check it out. You can also get a discount on some Carbon 4 merch just by listening to this podcast. Go to Carbon4.com and use our promo code MKETailgate when you check it out. That's Carbon 4 Beer Brilliance. You can also help support our podcast network at Patreon.com slash MKETailgate. Our ball and glove and above patrons get the Minor League Extra podcast with Ryan and Brad. You also get Paul's reporting as eligible Packers mini pods during the Packers offseason. So... On to today. So back in March, we did our annual season prop bets episode only to see the season put on hold almost immediately after recording that. I think we determined it was literally just a few days after we recorded that they they called spring training off. So as has been the theme with this crew, we're just cursed and nothing ever goes to plan. So we're going to redo these prop bets, which invariably means season in danger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Invariably, we'll have the season canceled by Wednesday at this rate. So. Y'all keep putting it on us. I'm putting it on the old people who left. That's like, true. Steve and Jim baseball. abandoned baseball, and baseball was so hurt that it could not continue. Right. I th- I'm good with that. Let's let's roll with that. Uh, in the meantime, a lot of those prop bets that we did back in March kind of went out the window with a shortened season. So we asked Kyle Ashour to come back today, join us again with some updated prop bets for the 60-game season. Had some complicated ones last time with Kyle, so hopefully we've got some good ones this time around, too. How uh, dare you? Hey, I I didn't say they were bad, just multi-layered. L- let's go with that. <laughs> they're, uh, they're the onions of questions. Exactly. Yeah. You just have they're, to peel it back until you get to the truth at the center. There we go. <laughs> Which does so, not involve any of the minor free agents they signed, like Logan Morrison or anything like that. Sure. So without further ado, Kyle, take it away. What do we got starting us off? We have the prop bet sponsored by Shrek, because like Shrek, these questions have layers. The first question <laughs> is going to be the same as last time. Uh, the opening day quick hits are pretty similar, are more or less the same, actually. Who is going to record the first strikeout for the Brewers this season? Your choices are Orlando Arcia, Ryan Braun, Lorenzo Cain, Keston Hira, Brock Holt, Omar Navarez, Justin Smoke, Christian Yelich or other. Let's just go Ryan first. I'm going to take I'll Ryan Braun. I'm staying staying with Ryan Braun. Last Makes time sense. I went with Keston Hira, but this time I'm going to go with Lorenzo Kane, considering all his talk about how he oh, like I only hit off a tee and now I'm seeing 98 mile per hour fastballs and those don't work so good. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I've lost confidence in his first plate appearance. I think he'll have a rejuvenated 60 game season, but uh, starting it off poorly. So right. I, I'm That's also fine. going with Lorenzo Kane. Just he is statistically likely to lead off and therefore likely to strike out first. And he does strike out a decent amount. And even if they they go all the way through the order without striking out once, he might even get another shot at it. So um, I'll go with Lorenzo on that one. One quick fact check on that. Paul, uh, Lorenzo Cain had the lowest strikeout percentage of any of yeah. those eight players named. In I believe it, but he might get two shots at it. And uh, lots of people okay. do strike. Baseball players just strike out a lot generally. So it's not like we got Tony Gwynn up here leading off. <laughs> right. Uh, I was tempted to go kind of off off the board a little bit and maybe Justin Smoke because he's going to strike out a ton. But 
if the Cubs start John Lester opening day, we're probably not going to see Justin Smoke, right? So I will go Keston Hira. I still think there's a lot of swing and miss in there. Uh, he'll want to make a big impact right away, and he'll probably just strike out to end an inning. Next up, we have who will have the first two-game hitting streak? And the tiebreaker, if two players reach their streak in the same game, whoever got the hit first wins. <laughs> Your options are the same eight players as the previous question. And again, there is an other option. Yeah, go, go, go for ahead. it, Ryan. Okay. Yeah, we'll I'm going to take Christian Yelich. Darn. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you could take Yelich too. You could There's, do the same one. Yeah, you're you're picking for yourself. I, I know I can, but it's less fun. No, you're I trying to be, win. Yeah, I know, but I want to be I want to be much more right than Ryan, and I feel like that means not having the answers that Ryan has too. I agree with that, Christian Yelich. <laughs> Christian Yelich. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna have a social here. I, I'm picking Christian Yelich as well. He's awesome at hitting. So yes. Yeah, it's screw it. Yelich, social, everybody drink. <laughs> Cowards. Like, like, what am I supposed to do? Not pick the best hitter in the NL? <laughs> right. Yeah, the guy who's two times led the uh, like, NL in batting average. Like, you yeah. should pick Orlando Garcia. That'll definitely happen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it I will, might happen. But I'm high on him all, all preseason. Go with your convictions. <laughs> I haven't been high on him all preseason. I said maybe he'll be spring training Arcia, and then we got old Arcia back to start it off where he's singing at pitches three feet in front of the plate. <laughs> it was a scrimmage. He wasn't trying. It's it'll it'll all be fine, I'm sure. Is he never anyway. trying? Is that the secret? <laughs> that is the secret, yes. <laughs> he's like, like the, the reverse Hulk. Hulk yeah. Ah. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Kyle, what do we got next? Who is going to give up the first home run for the Brewers this season? Corbin Burns, Alex Claudio, Josh Hader. Corey Knable, David Phelps, Brent Suter, Brandon Woodruff, or other. Do we have confirmation that Brandon Woodruff is going to start that first game? We're just assuming he's going it, to, it, right? It's counted out pretty well from where his first scrimmage was. If you go yeah. in five days, it's Woodruff. Okay. Yep. I'm going to take Woodruff because, you know, there's just a good chance that he's going to give up a home run because he's probably going to pitch, you know, four or five innings. He was already pitching a decent amount in the first scrimmage. So, yeah. I'm going to take other here because Ooh. I think he will only pitch four innings and it just is there's going to be so many pitchers in there. Who knows who's going to come out next? I'll take Hader um, just because whenever anybody makes contact with his pitches, it leaves the yard. He'll be well rested. So if it's close, he'll definitely pitch. And uh, I just am haunted by an opening day memory of John Axford giving up bombs to the Rockies. So I can just kind of see it happening again. So. <laughs> Opening day never seems to go well for Brewers closers. It doesn't. It's terrible. Like, yeah, I still no. remember. Uh, what, was it Eric Gagne first appearance yeah. as a Brewer gave up like a was it yep. the Coast K Fukudome? The, the Coast fog. It was the fog, James. <laughs> but, but, but that that at least wasn't a Brewers home game. That was in Chicago. That was, that was in Chicago. But opening day is yeah. in Chicago, isn't it? So there must be. Yeah, he'll be well rested, so he might even go, you know, multiple innings in that second inning. He's not as good as the first inning. So there's all kinds of like ways that Hader can be weakened in the opening day game. So I'm going him. Sure. Uh Kyle, was Alex Claudio one of the options? He here? was. Yeah, I'll go Alex Claudio. He's gonna give up a gopher to somebody, Rizzo or something. You mean when he has to face three hitters? Yes. <laughs> good call. Next up, we have uh, what game will Council make his first challenge? And for those loyal listeners of the podcast, you might know that last time I asked this question, I made you give a date. And then I realized that was a mistake. And so now we have multiple choice options. <laughs> okay, uh, cool. The, the choices are game one or two, 
game three or four, game five or six, or game seven on? I'm going to go with game seven on. Really? Yep. Hmm. I'm going to go with, I mean, we weren't expecting, I was just listening to this. We weren't expecting him to make a lot of challenges because he didn't make many challenges last year. And who knows like what even the setup is going to be for that stuff this year. I assume it's all going to work, but who knows? So, yeah, se- game seven plus. I'm going to go three or four because you really got to get them in. Like, it's just limited time this year. You got you to gotta get those done. <laughs> yep. Got to get it in. Yeah. I'm, I'm going one or two for the same reason. This is this is the sprint to the uh, the playoffs, 60-game season. He's going to do every little nitpicky thing he can. Every uh, call matters. Garbage happens against the Cubs routinely, seemingly. So I'm uh, I, I'm going first first game. I'll even I'll even specify it happens in game one. But uh, I'll take I'll take the extra buffer I get from multiple choice. Okay, I think I'll just go five or six. I don't know why. It just seems like a happy medium here. There's no scientific value to this at all. So I'm just <laughs> winging it. For the for the record, uh, in uh, Craig Council's five seasons as manager. His first challenge each year was game seven, three, one, five, and two. Oh, right. games. So, so even odds. Just about. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, about. yeah, you can look at it that way. Sure. Okay. Uh, next up, Kyle. How many Brewers on the opening day 30-man roster will hit 10 or more home runs? Your choices are one or two, three, or other. This is an interesting one. 30 so gotta, or more? Yeah, you're, you're going no, ten or more. No, ten or more. Ten, ten or more. more. Sorry, ten on the thirty-man roster. Thirty-man roster. Thirty-man roster. It, it, yeah, that makes more sense because that would be. So you kind of got to do the the math ratio here yeah. to figure out what the pace would be. I don't know, Ryan. What you got? Boy, they don't have a lot of sluggers. I feel very good about Yelich doing it as long as he is healthy and plays through the season. But I don't. I'm going to go with one or two. The hardest okay. part for me is they have so many players who I think are going to share quite a bit of time. And mm-hmm. they might only get like 30 games a piece. But I'm going to go other because I think there I can think of at least three regulars who can do it. And I'm betting if one gets hot of the shared players, as we talked about, that they'll get significantly more playing time than the other people and maybe go on a Eric Thames type home run slug fest. Other. It's hot out. They play in small parks. They get to play Cincinnati a bunch of times. Uh, They'll go over that. <laughs> and the question of whether or not it's going to be the bouncy balls is still out there. So that's true. Right. We don't Good know. Point. Rawlings right. has had time to dry the the <laughs> seams. <laughs> they got if they take out bouncy balls for this, like they should make them bouncier for this season, honestly. Like if anything, they should go higher, not lower. So well, um, I'll I'll bet on them rigging it for maximum excitement. Well, the logic was last time that like, oh, Rawlings didn't have time. They had to like speed dry the balls because they also had to make triple A balls. Not only have they had three months to dry the balls, there's no minor leagues. There's no minor leagues. So (laughs) like theoretically, it should be the same baseball. So this is also where we get to find out, were you just lying? Which they were, but (laughs) yes, they were. So you can base your assumption on that, that that they were lying. So Right. Bouncy balls forever. Exactly. Uh, so five questions in. I already wasn't paying attention when Kyle gave the options twice. So how, how many <laughs> options here? There were three options here. It was yeah. one or two, one or two, three, okay. and other. I'll go three. I think I, I'm tempted to go other because the the addition of the DH adds more at bats for folks. But I think kind of what Brad was saying, the split playing time will kind of even that out. I'll just go with three. Three players okay. with ten home runs. I'm com- I, I'm confident enough that I'm going to give the four players 
that will guarantee All right. the other victory. Ooh, but what if it's zero? Ooh. No, it won't. Ryan Braun, <laughs> Avasail Garcia, Christian Yelich, and Keston Hira. Because of the DH, Garcia is going to play regularly. He's going to hit 10. Yelich is going to hit 10. Hira is going to hit 10. Braun hit, playing regularly will hit 10. I don't know. I think Braun might get eight or nine. I mean, these are such small samples where right, <laughs> yeah, it's like one anything. home run here, exactly. So others probably the smart bet here, but anyway, moving on, Kyle. Moving on, another a nice little repeat. Who's going to record more stolen bases with the Brewers this season? Your choices are Christian Yelich plus Lorenzo Cain plus Ryan Braun or the field. I like this question when we got it the first time. Ryan, do you feel any different than you did back in March? I don't remember what I picked back in March, so I'm going to do this completely <laughs> off the top of my head. I'm going to take the field just because I don't think that I think a lot of players are going to be more cautious in terms of uh, their like, especially star players are going to be more cautious in terms of stealing bases and potentially getting hurt and all that. So I'm going to take the field and say that it's going to be a bunch of randos stealing some random bases. You held on to my answers for three months and you don't <laughs> have <said> yours <laughs> i have mine I, I decided not to look at them you said you literally listened to the old one this morning i, I, I didn't that. get all the way through it when anyway, when, that, when that i stopped true. by ryan's place to pick up the mic he literally just played me a part of the podcast on his phone <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm gonna keep my answer the same go yelich kane braun uh yelich has almost been a stolen base leader the last couple of seasons so why not just go with that guy because stolen bases aren't as common as they used to be I'll take the field. Pinch runners for forever. We got we got yes. giant huge rosters. We got well, he'll work speedsters into this. Um, plus, they'll just be random, you know, called play stolen bases from enough guys that they'll they'll be able to beat out the three. Yeah, but Keon Broxton's going to steal like half a dozen bases. Yeah, exactly. But look at the field though. Like, there's one fast guy. It doesn't matter. You made this, <laughs> you made this point in March. Yeah, there's one fast guy. But but I think we recorded that before we had a uh, Quentin Berry base running coach, right? So they're just going <laughs> to go nuts on the pinch running stolen bases. I'm going to yep. take the field for Paul's reasoning to the expanded rosters. It's going to afford a lot more late game situational base running s- stuff. You know, the Brewers don't tend to take a lot of chances on the bases, but I think you get Keon not in there. Still think Avi Garcia is sneaky fast, but <laughs> it, I don't know. We'll, we'll We'll take the field. And I'm I'm personally not convinced that Kane or Braun are going to make it through the entire 60 games either. So field it is. Next up, we have a simple yes or no question. Will a position player record a pitching appearance with the Brewers this season? Did they change the rules for this? Yeah, I know I they were talking about that. it. Yeah, so I think that they they are not going to enforce those rules the way that they were going to. But the other thing is they're also not enforcing the rule about how many pitchers you can carry. So right. it's not going to be 13 that you can carry a maximum of 13. They're not going to put that in place at any point in the season, which means to me, I think the Brewers are routinely now going to be carrying uh, when they have 30 man rosters. I bet you they're carrying 16, 17 pitchers, 17, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're going to carry a lot. But when they when they are limited back down to 26 total roster spots, I still think they're going to have 14 or 15 pitchers at most times. So to me. I I'm gonna go with wait, what was the question again? Yes or no. <laughs> oh, Are they gonna have a yeah. player pick? <laughs> oh, will they have a position player pitch? Bad. Okay. Yes, they they I still you think they're all that explanation to say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was. Yeah, I still think they're gonna do it. <laughs> well, that last in September when the rosters are twenty six again. All right, so, yes. all right. 
how much exposition do I get? <laughs> I'm just going to go yes. Seconds. You get five seconds. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go no. They have enough pitchers to cover that. I, I, I think that they'll just... And Hernan's gone, so I, I'm out. They're not going to do it. <laughs> Pena has done it before. He has, but Hernan is the guy, so... He has not, actually. Not with the Brewers. He okay. hasn't? All right. Never mind. I just remember. The only non-Aranon Perez uh, Brewer to record a pitching appearance in the last three seasons was Eric Kratz, Kratz who had yeah. three of them in 2018. 2018 was wild, because I think Kratz had three and didn't Hernan also have three that yes, year? Yes, he did. Yeah. That, oh, was, I'm, that was weird. It, yeah, I'm completely misremembering. I didn't doubt you. I was just like, has he ever thrown? Is there a reason why I was thinking that? And no, he hasn't pitched at all. Yeah, so despite uh, my sim brewers in an out-of-the-park baseball <laughs> resorting to position players pitching, Ryan Braun, bullpen ace, by the way, apparently. Oh I'm going to go no because Ryan made the argument for me. So I'll just I'll just sit back and say no. <laughs> See, so that exposition was useful for something. There we go. Yeah, I, I get to do less work that way. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Ryan. Real time saver. Next up, we have a save question. Everyone's favorite baseball statistic. How many different players will record a save with the Brewers this season? Over under is four and a half. I'm going to take the under comfortably. Same. I'm going over. I, I think that they will mix and match enough pitchers and they will go like platoon and do a bunch of weird nonsense that they'll get over that. See, I... It's just Council is that way, except for when he has Corey Knavel. <laughs> I agree with that. In which case he's right. like, oh, Corey Knavel must save. And it's like, Craig, you're so smart in every other situation. What is this about? <laughs> sure. I get that. But Still I, going over. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think I'll go over too. Schedule's when we did this in March. The... There's going to be some, some tough days where nobody's available. Right, like, yeah, what is it, 60 games. games in 66 days or something like that? I mean, yeah, there's going to be plenty of days where... It's going to rain Hader in Chicago and... like 50 days in a row, and they're going to wipe out a bunch. And Exactly. There's going to be a bunch of days where Knabel and Hader are both unavailable to yep. go, so David Man. Phelps for life. Man, um, I view this as an easy under. Really? I, I guess part of it, and, and not just because I'm trying to stay consistent here, but I went over when the question was seven and a half for the full season. And I think I remember Kyle having a bunch of stats to back that up that they've like typically used eight or something in, in uh 162 game season. So uh, literally last three seasons, eight different. That's uh, right. Eight different pitchers yeah. each season. It's Craig Council, Chris time. Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went over the last time, but I just, I, I feel like 60 games is so hard and he's so in love with Knable the closing for some reason that, See, I'm I'm kind of leaning the other way because knowing that Corey Knable will be there adds another picture to that mix for me. And I I just see a lot of situations with the schedule so condensed and Lord knows when anyone will be available based on illness or injury. I think I'll I'll take the over. Nah, they had three months out. They're just gonna pitch him to the max. Throm, 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 throm. Fred's theory that they're going to run Josh Hader into the ground every single day because they're trading him anyway, right? Yeah. I don't have. Uh, you guys brought me on to have theories, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Fred's conspiracy corner makes a return. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Milwaukee Brewers become a college baseball team. <laughs> no respect for human life. Next up, we have uh, an old favorite. What pitcher will have the most innings pitched with the Brewers this season? Your choices are. Brett Anderson, Adrian Hauser, Eric Lauer, Josh Lindblom, Brandon Woodruff, 
and everyone's favorite pitcher, other. <laughs> this is going to be a social, right? Uh, I don't know. Ryan's first, so I guess. Yeah, Ryan's I mean, I am going. Yeah. I'm going to take Woodruff. Okay, that makes sense. I, I'm going to take Woodruff. <laughs> I'm also going to take Woodruff, the pitcher who is allowed to go more than twice through the order and who will probably start on opening day and therefore possibly get more starts. So yeah, I will go other. Just again, the amount of pitchers they're going to use. I'm not convinced anybody. I mean, Woodruff's a safe pick because he's the only one I could see them letting go more than four innings consistently. But I think it's going to be a, a pretty close race and somebody else will pull okay, out of, ahead. Of the, of the other, who do you think is most likely to throw more than Woodruff? Josh I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I I think in the preseason in March, I said I liked Freddie Peralta. And if he's kind of in some weird swing role, I think I'd like Freddie for that. I don't know. The I'm not thinking very closely on these. So I'm just. I know I went Lindblom last time. That was just because yeah. I didn't believe in Woodruff's ability to stay healthy right. throughout the 162. But now that it's 60, I'm like, oh, yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> we already got past the point in the season where he always blows out his oblique, right? So we should be good. I mean, I mean that's the thing is get... he's always missed time with injury. Yeah. Right, right. And he might do it again, but like at this point, you got to bet on, in my mind, you got to bet on like the guy who's going to consistently get five or six innings. And because they do have 17 and probably won't ever have less than 14 pitchers on the roster, I feel like the innings are going to be more divided among the bullpen pitchers than they normally are, aside from Josh Hader. And Hader will what have 90 to 110, <laughs> not really because it's a 60 inning thing, but you know, he'll have, uh, like I mean, seventy or 40? eighty, maybe forty, uh, probably. It sounds like a good number. That sounds about right. Okay, uh, what do we got next, Kyle? Uh, speaking of Josh Hader, uh, what will be the most frequent days of rest between Josh Hader pitching appearances? Zero, one, two, three, and then four more or tie. This was a fun one the first time around. Ryan, do you feel any differently on the shortened schedule? I think I went with two last time, and I'm still going to go with two. Yeah, I'm going to go... No, I'm going to go one. Mm. Okay. I could see it being one. I think it's going to be close between those, because they will definitely... They'll likely have to push, uh, and maybe for a longer period of time. But I'll go two, because they will also have more pitchers available, and they'll be able to use platoons um, to replace him a little bit more and give him rest. So I'll go two. He'll do one plenty, but not quite enough. I think that if he is removed from the closer role, if Knable does take the closer role, you're going to see him used much more like he was in 2018, which means yep. more six, seven, eight appearances where he's going multiple innings. And when that happens, they've generally, if he's pitched more than one inning, he generally gets the next two days off. So and right. why, why I backed off to one was actually, I think the amount of pitchers they have is so like obviously none of them are as talented as Josh Hader, right? But I think the amount of pitchers they have make that less of a necessity than it's been in the past. And also I think the bullpen's better than it was in 2019, just on pure sure. talent. My thought is I don't think they're going to need to, unless the bullpen is trash, rely on him for as many of those multiple appearances as they needed to in 2018 and 2019. Yeah, I'm going to go too. I think, you know, we've already heard the, the question come up, Craig Council's already said he's not going to push Hader, really, 
anymore just because it's a, a 60 game season because he doesn't see 60 games as a sprint really and also you know statistically josh Hader is less effective the more he tries to go back to back or even one day rest so i think to try to maximize him especially early i think they'll try to keep it to two or three days but i think two comes up more often and for those keeping score at home two would have been would have been the correct answer in the last three seasons Next up, how many different pitchers will start a game for the Brewers this season? Mm. Your choices are seven or fewer, eight, nine, ten, and then 11 or more. This is really interesting with the shortened schedule. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is really, this is tricky. You're first, Ryan. So, <laughs> yeah, right he's away. deep in thought right now. I'm going to go with seven or fewer. Wow. I'm taking a lot so of unders good. here. So no starter, no openers, no anything like that? I mean, I guess not. (laughs) (laughs) This is purely just throwing out a number to throw it out there with no scientific thought nine. It's the James method. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Same kind of thought process. I'm going to go eight. Uh, I think they'll get get over seven, but it's not going to be too much more. Like the starters should be able to go fairly regularly and... They'll mess around a bit, but, I mean, there's a limit to how many things they'll need over the course of the season. And, and the only time the council has really done the opener, aside from postseason, has been when they're working in a weird situation where a right. pitcher's been injured yeah. and they need someone to go on short route, or they need a couple of guys to do multiple innings. The it, Johnny Hole staff day, yeah. Yeah, he hasn't done it in like the Rays where they're like, let's start a guy every fourth day who's a bullpen pitcher and like try to get people off base. They haven't really done, used it in that type of method- her methodology. It's really only been to like, let's cover our butts here for a day. Yeah, I think I'll go nine. I, I can't quite talk myself into 10 or like two different rotations. I can't even I don't <laughs> even know if they are honestly like 10 deep in starting pitchers if they had to. Uh, so I'll go nine just kind of accounting for, again, like fluky arm injuries or, you know, spe- special maneuvering on a Johnny Holstaff day or if somebody gets sick or hurt. So n- nine for me. They got 10, right? They have uh, Wilkerson, Burns, uh, Peralta, uh, Suter. I, I'm, I'm sure just, they do. Yeah. yeah, I was I was just trying not to include Aaron Wilkerson in one of those. <laughs> no yeah. offense to him, but it just never goes uh, well when he's Kyle, in the majors. For Kyle, did you include how many times Adrian Hauser is going to puke? Uh, the over/under on that is set at twelve and a half. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> it's a very nerve-wracking. It's season, the worst so, part yeah. about writing an article about uh, Adrian Hauser for Brew Crew Ball is when you do the Getty image search, the puke ones always come up first. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that's a shame. That's the worst thing. I, I would think that's the best thing about anyway. Uh, no, I'm a person who sees puke and gets triggered. Okay. All right. Uh, next up, we have my second favorite save related question. How many different pitchers will record a save against the Brewers this season? This was a fan favorite last time. The choices uh, are <laughs> six or fewer, seven, eight, nine, and then 10 or more. Remember, they only faced nine unique opponents in 2020. <laughs> That's helpful context. Okay. Oh. Yeah, so I'm going to figure that they get at least one save from each of the four. Oh, but it could be multiple people on those. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say 
I mean, we're just throwing out a. What was the over again? How how big did you have to go to get the over? Ten or more. Ten. Ten or more. Yeah, I'm gonna go with ten or more. This is hard because I know a few of the bullpens are in disarray. Cardinals don't really have a closer at this point in time. The Cubs obviously have one, but he has not having our proven track record. Uh, Kettle Marte, or not Kettle Marte, that's a <laughs> shortstop for the Diamondback. What's his name? The closer for Pittsburgh, like I think still hasn't reported to camp. Nine. I just think that there's going to be different closers throughout the season because right now the Central is kind of in a state of disarray. I'll go seven. Um, I think that uh, they're only going to lose like 15 games, so not a lot of chances to have saves against them. And uh, Ooh. Ooh, that's spicy, Paul. <laughs> really? Spicy. No, not really. Wow. <laughs> um, and and uh, uh, they punt so much and like suffer blowouts uh, yeah. randomly to save bullpens that saves don't happen during those games because they lose by more than three. I think I'll go eight on this. I don't really have a reason. It just seems like a happy medium. So I'll default to picking C. Yeah, after listening to Paul talk, I wish I would have gone lower because there's only going to be like 15 save scenarios. (laughs) (laughs) For reference, last year there were 29 different pitchers that recorded a save. Interesting. Okay. That's fine. I'll still go at eight. There were also like 82 losses. (laughs) Not 82, but you know, much more. (laughs) Sure, that's fair. Uh, next up, we have a little tweet question from last time. How many Brewers on the opening day 30-man roster will end the season with two or more uh, fan graphs war? Ooh. Your choices are zero or one, two, three, and then four or more. This is tough. <laughs> I'm going to go with zero or one because I think Yelich will do it, and I'm not sure anybody else will. Uh Two. Um, I, I'll go three. Uh, I'll just bet on random fluctuation, getting a few randos to war, um, plus Yelich. And uh, like Keon Broxton, he'll probably get two war. That happens randomly every so often before he gets to give it back. So <laughs> I think I'll go two. I mean, yeah, Yelich is kind of a given, assuming he's healthy. So I'll just go with one other, just because... It'll the playing time will be so spread out that it might be tough for somebody to to break that mark. This is gonna be like Mike Trout's only three war season, isn't it? <laughs> well, he's he's, he's still he gonna play. put up six war. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he still might not play. So there's also the chance he'll opt oh, out. Right, sure blemish that. on his record. Moving on, how <laughs> many players will have their major league debut with the Brewers this season? Your choices are one, two, three, or other. So when we had this in March, when we looked at the 40-man roster, there weren't that many that had still yet to make their debut, right? So I don't know. Ryan, how do you feel? Yeah, I'm trying to think who even on their their summer camp roster. So this is Major League debut, not Brewers debut. Major right? League debut. Yes. Major League so debut. Yeah, there's hardly Brace anybody. Is out. Yeah. Yeah. There's hardly anybody on their the 45-man roster of summer campers that hasn't made their debut. Off the top of my head, it's it's almost nobody. So the choices... I'm going to go with two. As two the season sounds, wears on, we'll see that. I don't know. Like, Yeah, two sounds about right to me. Um you, I think Rasmussen 
certainly. Right. Fire Rising? He's, uh, uh, he's pitched to the majors, I think, hasn't he? Yeah. Has to he? the Yankees, right? Oh, shoot. I forget about him. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then you might have... I mean, there's <laughs> there's just the other random pitchers like Zach Brown. Right. Uh, uh, I think Clayton Andrews is a guy who could come for a little bit where the rosters are expanded because he has the outfield flexibility and you can do some weird things with him. Um, heck, Ethan Small could be a late guy if they need a lefty in the bullpen. Um, so two sounds about right, and it'll be another pitcher. Oh, J.P. Firesian does not have a major league appearance. So if he pitches oh, in the majors... Three! You guys want to change? <laughs> three! I'm going to go with Rasmussen and, and Firesian as my two that I think will do it. So, Firesian. Firesian. Firesian, that's right. Firesian. Is, is it yeah. three and then other? Is that my choices? Correct. I'll do other. Um, I think Ooh. everybody will get some time, and there's there's more than... There's more than two. so uh, Including uh, Bryce Terang. He's going to start his clock. <laughs> do it. It, it, it all takes is one outbreak. Oh, yeah. But if you're thinking that way, sure. I'll go three as well. It's boring, but there's going to be so many random pitchers picking up an inning or here, here or there. I think the two we mentioned and probably one that we're not even thinking of right now will probably make an appearance. Uh, last time around, I had a question about uh, how, if any of the following players would be traded. We're going to scrap that question for this season. And oh. I have replaced it with how many players on the opening day 30-man roster will spend time on the injury list? Please note that if you're on the injured list on opening day, that does not count. Your choices are three or fewer, four or five, six or seven, and then eight or more. Yeah, this is easy eight plus. I think that there's just going to be guys going on the, the aisle for lots of reasons potentially COVID, but also non-COVID related. So yeah, I'm going to go with eight plus. Yeah. Eight plus. Cause you're going to have to go on the COVID IL, even if you're like your room for your, like you go out to dinner with the guy who tests positive, like the next day you got to go on the IL. So yep. Eight plus plague also. <laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess eight plus understanding that, you know, we've already had three before they even start playing games. So it, it just seems like a given over the next couple of months. We're going to see at least eight others. I thought I was being a little bit too generous, but apparently I was not. We're just all pessimists, Kyle. That's yep. true. That's true. Yeah, well, if you believe that the plague is going to end the season. <laughs> three or fewer. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that'd be the way to win that one. Is <laughs> that, that, That's some forehead temple meaning right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Moving on, which of the following will occur this season? This is the first of the oh no okay. convoluted math questions. Let me get a piece of paper. Okay. <laughs> there are four choices, and you have to choose between over under six and a half extra inning games and then over under 500 records in those games. So thinking that it's going to be a high-scoring season means fewer extra inning games, so I'm going to go low and... Uh, I'm going to say that they do well in those games, so it will be under and then uh, over 500. Okay. Now, under, well, if it's fi- if it's 500 exactly, what does that count as? Uh, over. Okay, so it's fi- 500 or better. Okay. Correct. Uh, under, 
I, I agree. I think there will be fewer extra inning games and over because I think with an expanded roster, no one can handle that situation better than Craig Council. Yep, I'll go under over as well. I think that makes perfect sense. They're usually over in, in tight situations. So I will go over on the extra six and a half extra inning games uh, and under 500 in those extra inning games. Just Do because, this man. <laughs> listen, they've been insanely lucky the last couple of years on extra inning games. And with the uh, stupid person starting at second rule, uh, we all know the Brewers suck at clutch hitting. This is Sports Talk Radio. <laughs> so they're not going to cash in those runners and they're going to lose more games. Quick fact checked on that, James. Over the last three seasons, the Brewers are 21 and 26 in extra inning games. So if you count that as lucky... Then I, I mean, have they, a British value in New York. So I was thinking of the one-run game. Yeah, you were thinking one-run. Yeah. But point stands. I think they're going to be under 500 because of the stupid extra inning rules. You don't need clutch hitting when you have Keon on second base. <laughs> Quick rant. Uh, there should not be extra inning games. All regular season baseball games should end in a tie. I'm yeah, yeah. I'm proud that you worked this in again after <laughs> trying to work it in last you, time. You wanted to, yeah, you wanted to get in a, on a separate, complete podcast on this the last time around. So, <laughs> if you want to tie, go back to soccer. This is America where we win games <laughs> or lose them, except NFL football. Anyway, there's no reason to have it end in a tie. You can just keep playing. It's not like people are going to run out of gas or get concussed or anything like that. Just, it's baseball. It's easy. Keep doing it. <laughs> <sighs> Moving on, which of the following will occur? Your choices are over under 24 and a half one run games and over under a 600 record in those games. Again, tie goes to the over. I'm going to go under and over. Under, under. I'll go under, over as well. I, I think there will not be that many. And uh, yeah, they're good in those. I'll, I'll stick with them. Yeah, I'll go under because 24 and a half out of 60 games seems like a lot of one run games and under on 600 as i got ahead of myself and already stated their their karma <laughs> chips their karma bucket has run dry so how many uh, one run games the, did they the play last year in 162 kyle 45 oh yeah okay okay in 2018 they played 52 and in 2017 they played 47 Okay, so the under is a safe bet there. I can't I think, do proportions, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I think it might be closer than we think because of September. Because we're basically cutting out July. We're basically cutting out like June, July, and August from the overall baseball climate of dumb games. So we basically just have two months of September. And so there's going to be, it's going to be a lot more one run games or six run games. I don't think there's going to be much in betweens. Hmm. Okay. So I think, sure. so I, so I, I think the number is closer than you guys might be giving credit for, but I do think an under is fairly plausible. Kyle defending his line here. That's nice. Okay. <laughs> what do we got next? Uh, how many NL central rivals will the Brewers win the season series against? Uh, your choices are zero, one, two, three, or four. And so they have to win at least six. So if they don't get to six here, five and five would not count. They have to Correct. win the season series. Okay. So I'm going to go with, I think I went with two last time, and I still feel like two is 
good here. So I'm going to go with two. I've been pessimistic throughout this all. I initially had written down two, but for the sake of positivity, I'm going three. That's the spirit. I'm going three to be consistent with previous answers. I think they'll be able to steal one series from one of the good teams. <laughs> I think uh, I went three. I went three in March and sure. What the hell? I'll stick with three. Interesting that Ryan hasn't used this opportunity to make known his grievances with the split of seven and three road games with the Cubs. I'm very surprised that he did not spend several <laughs> minutes on the soapbox. We're going to talk about I, I that think later. We have Kyle. an opportunity for that later, right? Yeah, we're going to talk about <laughs> yeah. that later. But also, home field advantage won't exist this year, so it's probably fine. But we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Okay, I'm just getting ahead of myself a little bit on that. No, uh, next, good. next up. Uh, in which month will the Brewers win the most games? <laughs> Your choices are <laughs> July plus October, which includes the postseason, oh, August, okay. September, or tie. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it last week? What did you call it, Brad? Crogist? <laughs> yeah, Crogist. <laughs> Crogist. And I think that they play the most games in August. They have more off days. I think like four of their off days are in September. So they they have like a very busy schedule in in Crogist. So I'm I'm going to take August is the month that they win the most games. Right. September they have the like twenty eighteen nice Thursday, Thursday, Thursday thing again, right? And I think they also have like a they have a Monday off as well. They they actually have one of those weeks where they have two off days in like four days, which is ridiculous. But Yeah. But expanded rosters plus Craig Council equals good results for the Brewers. I'm going Krogist. I like Krogist for the same reason. I want. I, I'd want to go Craig Timber, but like yeah, August is almost more September-y than September is this year. Right. So yep. I'll, I'll, I think that's right. There's more games in August, and the expanded roster is August. Yeah, I think considering by the end of the year, the the roster is down to 26, kind of mitigates Craig Timber. So I. I'll make it a clean sweep and go August as well. Crogist, I'm right? Not, Krogist, Krogist. <laughs> I'm not uh, willing to bet on any October games being played, so that's out the window. Uh, you are all cowards. The correct answer is and will be Craig Timber. Moving on, <laughs> which of the following numbers will be the greatest? Total number of wins. Total number of home runs by the center fielder and DH. <laughs> Okay. Total number of pitchers used in relief or tie? Wins. Give me, give me wins. So, like, not different pitchers, but total pitchers used in relief? Different pitchers. Okay, uh, wins. Wins, wins, wins. Yep, I'm on wins. Agreed. Hmm. I'm trying to talk myself into the center field and DH thing because it's so convoluted. I love it. <laughs> it's a very Kyle option. But... I don't know if I can buy that much uh, Lorenzo Cain pop unless we get some Avi Garcia playing center field or something like that. Yeah, I would go total wins. Okay. Just do you think they're going to win 25 times or more? <laughs> I think they'll win more. <laughs> what if Ryan Braun just plays DH every day and hits 30 home runs in 60 games? It could happen. Yeah, it could happen, but a meteor could crash through my chest <laughs> if Ryan and Braun, change the location. If Ryan Braun does that, they'll win 45. So. They will win 45. <laughs> that is true. And uh, Dino Lorenzi will show up at his door, too. So. <laughs> like my, my thought is no matter what 
number he hits, I'm adding it to five max for Kane. So he could hit 20, and then the answer is 25. Sure. Uh, Next up, we have uh, another fan favorite from last time. Which number will be the largest? Your choices are Christian Yelich home runs. Okay. 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 Josh Hader saves. Uh, Starts by any pitcher not in the team top five for starts. Uh, Ryan Braun lineup starts other than DH. Players that appear in the starting lineup for the Brewers other than the opening day starting lineup slash tie. One more time, Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) One more time. Which number will be the largest? Your choices are Christian Yelich home runs. Josh Hader saves. Starts by any pitcher that does not end the season in the team's top five for starts. Ryan Braun lineup starts other than DH. Players that appear in the starting lineup for the Brewers other than the opening day starting lineup or tie. The number mm. that is the largest. Yelich <laughs> home runs. Yeah, I'm going that way too. He's getting 30 games in lefty Miller Park and then the rest of his games are in home run heavy parks. Uh, and with Knable there, that highly hampers uh, haters winning or save options and the other ones I don't think are as close as they would be uh, in a full season. Yep, Yelly Bombs. I think it'll be a pretty comfortable victory too. Really? Yep. What What are we thinking here for Yelich home runs? Is like the mark 10 to 12? Is that kind of the, the gauge we're going on? Or 15 to 45? <laughs> 15 to 45. Uh, yeah. It's... He had 20 in... That August, this is September, right? Right. And for the MVP year? Like, right. I mean, I don't warm know. Weather, is, he, is he rusty coming back, though? I don't know. I mean, he didn't look rusty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but he was facing Brewers pitching, so that doesn't count. Yeah, I'm just trying to talk myself into some of these other options, and I don't, I don't know. We're, we're trying to win here, Kyle, not, not make good radio, apparently. So, Yelich home runs. For the record, Christian yeah. Yelich home runs would not have won in the previous three seasons. 2019, it was non-top five starts. In 2018 and 2017, it was non-opening day nine. Or in this case, non-opening day 10. Because now we have the DH. I feel yeah. like it is still... Like, I imagine, like, what? Eight additional non-opening day lineup spots because you're, you're going to be gearing 13 yeah. anyway so you see the nine uh hitters right away and then you have four or five on the bench and then with injuries you rotate three or four in there right you're going to see more pitchers than position players in the lineup right, right. yes yeah and, they're going to lean and, on pitchers and with the dh Braun's going to get only maybe a handful of starts in the outfield i would assume um and with the shortened season i think it's going to be hard to have many starters outside of the top five. So that kind of goes out the window for me. So, yeah, and yelly I, bombs. And I still think Braun's going to get, a, like, uh, the most healthy off days of any hitter, regardless right. of the DH. Outside of maybe Kane. I would argue Kane, but, yeah, that's a good point, too. Okay. All right, Kyle, what do we got next? Uh, we have the last regular question. Which is going? Which is the highest? Road wins against the National League Central Division. Is this a stupid Lakers question? No, I. Okay. I, it, it was the stupid Lakers question. <laughs> we have removed the basketball references from this. Okay. okay. No, no bubble. No bubble no, bets. No bubble okay. bets. 
All right, sorry, uh, start over. Which will be the highest? Road wins against the NL Central, wins against the AL Central, and then tie. So there are they even for uh, games in it's the NL Central? 2020. It's, uh, it's 20 and 20? It's tw- yeah, it's, it's 20 games, 20 games. Okay. And then they, they split the others 10 and 10. Okay. All right. I was just trying to remember that. Uh, I am going to take the the NL. Well, wait, no. Yeah, the NL. The NL Central. <laughs> because they have to play the Twins six times, which is bullshit, by the way. <laughs> More on that in a moment. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I'm it's going... NL Central road wins? Yes. Well, wait. The Brewers have 20 road games against the NL Central and they're sorry, against the NL Central and 20 games against the AL Central total. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to take the NL Central road wins. I'm going to go AL Central home games. There is not really a home field advantage, but this is a roster made to hit in Miller Park. And when they get the opportunity to play in Miller Park, they do it well because of that. These are total, though, not not just home games against the AL Central. So. No, I know, uh, yeah, but then you're still going to get road wins, and I feel oh, like yeah. they play a little yeah. worse at the road games on. So, it, like, they're going you. to get predominantly heavier road wins or home wins against the AL Central, and then you mix in the road wins. I think that it equates to more than what they're going to do against the NL Central on the road. I'll go NL Central road wins. There's just more garbage there to pull from. <laughs> <laughs> Detroit! <laughs> Which they have, what, four games against? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll go the AL Central. Screw it. I think uh, they'll they'll get close to splitting with the Twins and the Tigers and the Royals suck and whatever. We don't know what the White Sox are going to be. So yeah, I'll go AL Central. I feel like the Twins are going to be that team. You know how every year there's that playoff team who's like, oh god, they're young, they're exciting, and they're going to do well, but then they just crap their pants. I feel like the Twins are going to do that. <laughs> It's just a gut feeling. There's no science behind it. They still have good players. They signed Josh <laughs> Donaldson. Like they, they are still a good team. God, it's just I one of those they things. Josh Donaldson. Yeah. It's, anyway, it's one of those things where I just feel like because there's always that one team that does it. Always. They're right. They just the Twins seem to do it the most when they go to the playoffs. For the record, I'm rooting for Ty. <laughs> I did. I did actually want to take Ty. I felt like that's a good option, but just the Miller Park favors the Brewers make up so much. All the right. Brewers okay. are going six and one at Wrigley Field this year. Mark my words. Cool. Well, speaking of Ty, is it time for the tiebreaker, Kyle? It is. Without without going over, how many regular season and postseason games will the Brewers play in twenty twenty? <laughs> This is interesting. Okay. Without going over. Yes. Pandemic does not void all plays or pays. <laughs> yep. I am going to take... I really want to pick them to make the postseason, so I should go over 60. But I think 60 is the, the, the most likely bet, so I'm going to take 60. Give me 30. <laughs> I'll go 63. Oh, really? Yep. Without going okay. over. Okay. Yep. I am kind of splitting the difference here. I'll go 51. 
I don't think I don't think the season gets cut short, but I think there are going to be postponements that don't get made up. And there you go, fifty-one. For the record, if anyone gets the number exactly correctly and it's not sixty, it's a different number. James has pledged to give you five hundred dollars. I have made no such pledge. I'm not sure I have five hundred dollars. It's okay. I'll take like uh, products that equal five hundred dollars. But remember, once they're used, they do live lose twenty five percent of their value. <laughs> and remember, please spay and neuter your pets. Well, I don't know if I feel any better about these picks than I did in March. So we'll see how they turn out. You know, like I said, with our luck, the season will be canceled on Wednesday anyway. And then we're all losers on the tiebreaker. <laughs> Somebody should have said zero. That would have been fun. I really wanted to do one, but I felt like the payoff wasn't good <laughs> when you're second. <laughs> it, it wouldn't have because James, had you just said like two, then you would have just beaten Brad. Yeah. Yeah. One dollar, Bob. One dollar, yeah. Bob. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Kyle, for stepping in and, and putting these together again. You're welcome. Are we doing like the online form thing and letting yes. everybody stack yep. up against each other? When, when can it, we expect that? The, the, the form is ready. The link should be in the show notes. It'll so. be in the show notes. It'll be on Patreon. It'll be everywhere. I can figure out a way to put it up there. We'll tweet it, we'll tweet it out. All that. So. Cool. Sounds good. So you can uh, join in too and see how you stack up against us and inevitably beat at least me because my picks are trash. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Kyle. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me, everybody. Well, Kyle's actually going to stick around for a little bit. Uh, we have a couple of other things we wanted to talk about, mainly the schedule for uh, the 2020 shortened season came out. So we wanted to talk about that as well as the schedule for next year uh, came out in the sa same week or so. So uh, looking at this year, the 60 game stretch, it's actually an unbalanced schedule, which uh, Ryan already kind of alluded to. He has some issues with the way this is laid out. The, the gist is the Brewers are going to play 10 games against every division opponent, but the unbalanced aspect is uh it's not split 50-50. So, for instance, the Brewers are going to have to play seven of their ten games against the Cubs at Wrigley Field. Four of the ten against the Cardinals are in St. Louis. Three of the ten against the Reds are in Cincinnati. And six of the ten against the Pirates are in Pittsburgh. So it kind of balances out there. But I think the, the issues that Ryan may have is specifically the seven of ten at Wrigley, right? Yeah, I mean, there's no earthly reason why. And I get, okay, that they didn't want to do five-game series. I think that that's bad and dumb because I was actually listening to a thing this week. They were talking about one of the ways to limit the, the spread of COVID and making people be healthier would be playing longer series. Like, that would be the, right. that would be the advantage. Less travel, less outside influences, all that stuff. So... But there's no earthly reason why, if you are going to decide that everything in the division is going to be two three-game series and one four-game series, right? Because that's how they all break down, is one four-gamer and two three-gamers. There is no earthly reason why there, it should ever be split anything different than six and four, okay? There's no reason why, <laughs> there's no reason on earth that the if the Brewers were going to play two series against the Cubs, okay, those should be the two three-game series at Wrigley, and then the four-gamer would be at Miller Park. There's no reason in any of these cases why that should have worked out that way. And so this is just stupid. It's like, 
there's no <laughs> point to this. And it, it, it creates an extra bit of unbalance. And like, I get maybe some of it evens out. Like we were talking about the fact the Cardinals have this, they have to play seven of their games at Wrigley and seven of their games at, uh, or sorry, four or six of their games at, at Miller park. Like they, they get the short end of the stick on this quite, quite, or sorry, they play uh, six of their games at Miller park. So they get the short end of the stick on this, but then they do get the advantage of playing Kansas city six times and the brewers only, you know, play them three times. So they, they do get that advantage that way. But it's just that that part of it was annoying to me. Like, I get that they don't want to do the five game series. I don't think they should have done it that way. But it did also leave some weirdness how you were going to handle the interleague stuff. And I can't complain too much about that. Yeah, we were kind of struggling to figure that aspect out last week, right? When we were kind of talking about the schedule and speculating on it. We had all assumed that they would try to limit travel as much as possible in terms of those five and five game series, right? One trip to every city would have made sense. But if you didn't want to do that, at the very least, it looks like the Brewers at least travel the least out of any team in baseball. So that's that's a positive. Well, but, and the other thing is they only do have four two game series. They play two game home and homes with the White Sox and with Detroit. And that's right. not terrible. Like I mean, f- it's like the short one of the shortest like road travel destinations to, to Chicago and Detroit. Yeah, right. Yeah, those yeah, those so, work out well, relatively well. They're not going to travel to the they're not going to travel on the road to Detroit, are they? No, probably not. I mean, you could. It's six hours, so you could travel to the road to most of these destinations without like really losing your mind. What's the travel time if you take a ferry? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> are we going to get Brewers twenty twenty ferry content? That actually, I, I've never taken the the cross lake ferry but we've always talked about it it's just been like more expensive than we want to deal with and didn't yeah. want to do that but yeah i mean i actually I, I tweeted out about this i think that if you look at like the number of plane flights and if you assume that they drive from because they have a road trip where they're in detroit and then they're in cleveland so if they do that drive which is under three hours as opposed to getting on a plane to do that uh and if they fly everywhere else except chicago that's 10 plane flights from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. And that's not terrible. Like that's not the most awful thing. I mean, it could be, you could have worked it out so that it was fewer, but that's 10 seems reasonable ish to me. And if you look at the distance that they travel, yeah, the brewers have the, the fewest miles that they have to put on. The Texas teams are the worst because they have to spend so much time traveling to and from the West coast. But I think, I think the hard thing for me looking at this is going back to the argument about the structure of the NL Central is even if you do have to fit the interleague or interleague play in in a weird way, they obviously didn't care. Like you obviously have six and six and four and four. You could have made that however you want. You could have even done where one team is a three game road series and you don't see them again. And it is what it is. And then like each team gets that with an interleague game. You didn't have to make those series split fair. Like they tried so hard to do. If you were willing to manipulate the schedule to this point, I don't get why you would still have those other difficulties. And like you said, like is six and four so hard to do over seven and three. (laughs) 
It's stupid. Like, that's, why the part, yeah. the- that's the part that I really don't get because you've already decided that those series are going to be four, three, three. So why right. not just mandate that in every one of those cases that, you know, if you have the four gamer, that's going to be at one team's park and the two, three gamers are going to be at the other team's park and just make that the standard. And even so. like we talked about, it'd be this. It would be the year to try out the weird crap where you do okay. Five her all six games are at Minnesota to limit travel, but in the first three, the Brewers start at the top of the order. The or, and then switch it into the last three. It just seems because that's really all aside from park dimensions, which we cover. But that's the other strength that you get for being the home team is you get the last at bat, it, unless you're winning. It, yeah. yeah, it just it seems way more complicated than it needed to be in a time when the last thing you want is complicated. Yeah, so here's my thing, I guess, is the 7-3 and three is dumb and hurts my brain. But like I said before, does it really matter? Is there actually going to be home field advantage this year? No, no fans? See, like, I guess maybe the road team is still at a disadvantage because they've got to go through the headaches of traveling through all of this. But, like, with the Brewers and Cubs, that's kind of mitigated already like does it actually matter for for me it has less to do with the competitive balance and more to do with the sacrifice the health because of it sure it, it has like at the end of the day i don't really mind playing at wrigley the brewers even perform well at wrigley when there's fans in the last few right. years so it's not like that's too negative uh, and at least we don't have those stupid like 1 p.m. Cubs starts times on Friday because of traffic. Uh, so like they're actually normal start times because no one's going to be there anyway. Aren't they so, still like legally mandated to have those 120 games? No, that's 610 and 715 on those Fridays. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, they're they're changing that because they're allowed to without having the crowds there because the reason that they don't want the the reason that the neighborhood association pushes for that is because of the crowds. Well, there's not going to be crowds. So right. You're adding issue. congestion to a high congestion period in a freeway system that already doesn't move. Yay, Chicago. So I think Brad's got a good point with the, the health factor, but it, it's at least somewhat mitigated by the fact that the brewers are already traveling the least. And if you look at the list of teams that are traveling the most, um, there were some really awesome graphs online in the last week or so, kind of actually showing the maps of the travel. The central teams are actually kind of the luckiest because they're so closely condensed. They don't have to travel as much as I think the Western divisions were the worst, right? Because you've oh, got like by Texas, far. Texas flying up to Seattle and all of that stuff. So, yeah, and the East Coast, matter, though. the East Coast isn't so, too bad, but they do have uh, the trips down I'm, to Florida slash Atlanta. Yeah, so they, Florida and Atlanta screw those up, but so, right because yeah. they're very tightly bunched. The groups in the the teams in the Northeast are very tightly bunched, but then they they do have to go down into you know the Confederacy. But isn't your health equally at risk when you step on an airplane with a, in a compact group of people, regardless of if you're spending four hours or two hours? I yeah I don't know I think time is definitely a a factor in that but I'm I'm not sure exactly of the rules. Did you guys see? It is, it? but yeah. I did you guys see that uh, Toronto is an interesting situation because of the the rules? They're gonna have to if if they go outside if they're caught out of the hotel they could potentially be a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar fine. Yeah, what? like oh, the, yeah. the the Jays are a mess right now. 
Well, there's are, also the fact that they have a hotel in their facility, which actually really does right. work out for them because they're going to be able to put up players in the the opposing players in that building. So they can really keep right. them like bubbled in Toronto. Like I think those guys are going to get off the plane, go to Sky Dome or whatever it is, Rogers Center now, and like mm-hmm. not leave there for the entire time that they're in Toronto. That's the and At that's the, the only time. place I want to yeah. see any fans. <laughs> I I want just rush in the, the front hotel. row. Yeah. No, just rush. That's all I want in the front row. Who it's Getty Lee who sits in the front, right? <laughs> like every game. I think he's at the Rockies, though. I want to say that that's where he like lives in Denver. So rush, uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Because I remember, <laughs> I remember uh, Brian Anderson geeking out about that when it was a, a series against the Rockies for sure. Did you know that Brian Anderson and I share a birthday? Not the same year, though, Kyle. And I share a birthday? Wow. Are we just saying? I don't share a birthday with anybody. The Brewers just always lose on my birthday. So, hey, they didn't lose this year, though. So that's that's great. Toronto is actually an interesting situation because of the uh, whole bubble theory. And I don't know if you guys saw, but old friend Travis Shaw is not too happy. I guess uh, maybe they were told one thing and it's going to end up being another thing. And the players are kind of pissed that it may be a two or three month thing instead of just a couple weeks, I guess. Anyway, Travis Shaw was not happy about this entire idea. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, they're yeah. It I mean it is two months, so but you could imagine maybe Toronto like aren't trying. You could you could see something like that come up, right? Like where they don't really have that edge and they could perhaps, you know, really be a pushover. I mean, they're gonna get like that's a very tough situation anyway. There are no games over in the, the eastern division. There are like no easy games. It's nah. the Marlins are bad and the Orioles are bad. And then it's like everybody is pretty, pretty good. So and there's a lot of great teams out there. So I know that this is a Milwaukee Brewers podcast, first and foremost. <clears throat> but could I interest you in some Pittsburgh Pirates content? <laughs> what do Shoot. you What do you what got? got? So I have one thing that's directly related to the Pirates, and one is that is tangentially related to the Pirates. First off, the Pirates' interleague rival is not Detroit. It is actually Cleveland. Cincinnati's interleague rival is actually Detroit. That's dumb. Weird. Okay. (laughs) So... I, we were we were talking about this off air, but we were talking about the schedule imbalances and all that. And Ryan had posited that it would make sense if Cincinnati and Cleveland were interleague rivals because you know they're in sure. the same state, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that is not the case because Major League Baseball is weird. Um, the second point, which is tangentially related to the Pirates, is that the Pirates should actually just move to the National League East because it makes no sense for them to be in the Central. But I the option, so they like that was one of the possibilities. But then it was adding the Braves, which I don't think makes any more sense in the Central. It then. does. This is the first season since 1878 that the Cubs and Braves, unless they meet in the postseason, will have played a game against each other. Will not have it played a game going against each other for almost a what? Will not yeah. have played a game. Yeah. Yes, yes. A hundred and math is hard. Hundred and forty-two years that they're breaking up because Atlanta's in the wrong division. Um, they could see that, each other in the playoffs. I said that. Okay. <laughs> that 
that I implies that the Cubs or Atlanta will make the playoffs, and neither of them will. Oh, Just I think because ooh. things are old, that doesn't mean they're valid. And that's baseball's <laughs> problem with change. Ban the DH. Can we talk about the DH? Can I just talk about the DH for 30 minutes on how the DH is bad? No, because that's a bad opinion. Minutes. That's a terrible opinion, Kyle. We're just, yeah, it's, we're just gonna... it's almost as terrible as 98.7% of your food opinions. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't I was going to go there, but... Yeah, no, your your DH opinions will not be heard because we, we do not accept <laughs> anti-DH propaganda on this podcast. I, don't, I wouldn't go that far. I just don't have <laughs> time for 30 minutes of Kyle going... We oh, also have already hands. done it, so you just missed those episodes, Why can't Kyle? it just be a designated player? Why can't I let the pitcher bat on the days the pitcher wants to bat and let someone hit for, like, Orlando Arcia? Wouldn't that know. make more sense? Why have the designated hitter? Why not just do what softball does? In, does, like, it the say in a, does it say in the rules that it has to be the pitcher? I thought everybody just did the pitcher because that I'm made the most sense. I'm pretty sure it has to be. But does it have I to be the pitcher? I don't know for sure. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's yeah. land this boat. We <laughs> we still have we have like bad things to talk about now. So well, actually, it's not terrible, but I mean, I mean, they're not great. It's not great. Uh, Luis Luis Urias and Angel Perdomo still haven't participated in any of those scrimmage games you may have watched on Facebook or Brewers.com because they tested positive for COVID nineteen before the intake process. We kind of covered this already. They're still out of action. No real timeline from what I've seen on when they can return. And now we've got another one to talk about, like breaking news. Kyle brought this to our attention kind of in between takes. But uh, Eric Lauer is going to be on the injured list after being exposed to somebody with COVID, apparently. And he is okay, but it's part of the process here that if you're exposed to somebody who has it, you are likewise put on the injured list and unavailable. So, And this is a good uh, example of why they decided to do the thing where the the uh, COVID injury list is an unspecified amount of time because they yeah. want players to be able to, in, in Lauer's case, I assume he reported it. He reported it out that like, okay, I was exposed by somebody and I'm going to get tested sure. and I'm going to stay away from the team until I come back with a negative test. But if, he, if his test comes back negative, there's no particular reason why he should have to then sit out like a minimum number of days, right? Like if, if they're sure he's good. Theory, yeah. 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 I mean, maybe you need possibly two tests. Maybe that's what it should be. Like if, if you think, you know, there was, I'm pretty there. sure when you go on, when you go on the aisle for any COVID thing, I think even if you're not positive tested, you need at least two negative tests in 24 hours or something like that to come back. But yeah, yeah it, it's kind of an interesting situation because he himself doesn't have it at least, that we know but he's on the IL likewise we had a kind of a similar situation in Cleveland I don't know if you guys saw but Fran Reyes went to like a fourth of July party oh, yeah where at, nobody was wearing masks and he self-reported it and he had to be on the IL too because he needed to be tested before he could come and return so he at least did the right thing and 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 told people about it and you know Terry Francona was very clear that he's not in the penalty box I think is the phrase he used they want to be very clear that they're not penalizing these guys for doing these things but it's just part of the process and kind of an abundance of caution so eric lauer already you know one of the starting pitchers that kind of fact tried to factor we figured factored into the top five of the rotation or so may not necessarily uh be available at least for the next couple of weeks 
or whatever the timeline is, or may not be in that opening day starting five. So it's kind of an interesting thing to keep an eye on as we go forward here. Yeah, it's a situation that'll have to be watched, but it is positive. I think that we're seeing like self-reporting cases like this because that's what it's going to take. There's going to be situations where guys, something happens, they do something dumb, they're not thinking about it, or they get exposed through no fault of their own. They just happen to have come into contact with somebody they know has it now. And they need to be able to self-report that and take the steps that are positive to keep that away from the team. It's going to take everybody being vigilant about that stuff. And it does sound like the players are really pushing that like as a group saying we're responsible for each other and we have to be we have to be careful about this and that there's leaders emerging on teams to, you know, to really push these ideas and to say, hey, this is really serious. We have to be careful. So that is that is a positive of this and makes me think there's hope for there not being, you know, mass outbreaks on teams that they can be somewhat contained. And when there is an issue, it can be kept to the side and not become a a huge issue that takes down the season. Fingers crossed. Right. Yeah, I think I kind of brought this up a week or two ago, just the wonder or worry that some guys may be less than forthcoming about their activities outside of the park just because they want to keep playing, right? And accidentally exposing folks to stuff without kind of telling people about that. So it's good to at least see kind of these cases kind of come, you know, it's not good that these cases come up, but it's at least good that they're kind of being honest and open about this. Uh, Just kind of like you would want any of your coworkers to be honest and open about it. Right. So, uh, it's a situation we're going to have to keep an eye on going forward, but kind of probably part of the reason why a lot of us thought more than eight players would end up on the injured list this year because of that. Uh, Kyle's giving me a thumbs down because the, we're all wimps on the prop bets. But, you know, <laughs> we're trying to win the game here, Kyle. Anyway, we didn't take questions this week because we had the prop bets and we're already kind of running long here, but... We are next week planning to do our big season preview episode. If you do have questions for for that that you want to ask us, you can send questions to the Milwaukee's Tailgate account on Twitter. That's at MKE Tailgate. If you don't follow already, hit that follow button. You can also follow all of us on Twitter and ask us questions directly. Ryan is at RDTop. Paul is at Badger Noonan. Brad is at Brew Crew Blue. And I'm at James L. You can also give Kyle a follow while you're at it, too. He's at Kyle in MKE. He's shaking his head. He has lots of bad opinions on food, but if, mm-hmm. if bad food opinions and puns are your thing, Kyle's a good follow. And if seeing he, the same three tweets every day. Yes, sure. The same three tweets. If you like exactly. a chuckle every now and then, Kyle's a good follow. Every now and then, though. Every not, now and not, then. Not, not if you like consistent. To, if you'd like to be raged out about food, Kyle's also a good follow. We, we were talking fried chicken before, so he's he's going to have a comprehensive list of the best fried chicken in Milwaukee. And, and then the universe. And the universe. You know, the worst thing about summer basically being canceled is it's given me fewer opportunities to break out what is by far my favorite food take. Ryan, do you know what my favorite food take is? Oh, I no. don't, Kyle. What is your favorite food take? That the best way to eat corn on the cob oh, no. is raw and oh, not cooked. So gross. Oh, Dude, God. raw sweet corn is sweeter and tastier than any kind of cooked corn. Cooked what corn is good, you? but raw sweet corn is better. Just straight from the field? 
Like, well, he doesn't even rinse it. He just eats the no, dirt. I don't, the I, bugs. Don't rinse it. I don't rinse it. I shuck it and then I eat it. You leave some of the hairs on. Just eat it raw. Like, it, it's just you know. I I grew Kyle, up on a farm, Kyle. We we killed raccoons that did that. So, uh, <laughs> no, we cook our corn. It's just sanitary. The best way, the best way to have corn is steamed in massive amounts from the Stun Prairie Corn Fest. I don't know if there you, you you've been in Madison a little while, James. Did you ever make it out to Sun Prairie for the Corn Fest? I have not made it. I am a by all accounts a bad Madisonian. Um, I have not done a lot of things that I should have by now. I've been here about two and a half years, but it got canceled this year anyway, so I can't go. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the, they steam yes, them in like giant it. trucks, uh, and they bring them in, and yeah, the steamed corn it, it is by far the best way to do it. They also come up I, insanely hot. I like the corn stand at State Fair. That is like every year my thing. It's like I'll go and possibly eat two to three ears because corn is good. I've never been to the State Fair. There we go. Admissions uh, while we're at it. That's fine. It's not It's not it's worth not it. That's not right. Yeah. Do, do you like animals and the smells they produce? <laughs> I like eating animals. That's it. Well, they have lots of opportunity really ju- for that. You really can't uh, just eat the animal, though. It's always got to be like animal and uh, animal, animal on a stick. On a stick. Animal yeah, on, a stick on a stick is the yeah thing. Yeah. yeah. So for more sweet corn takes, follow Kyle on yes. Twitter re- at re- Kyle and MKE. <laughs> that is what you're getting into, folks. I promise, no better content than that. Definitely not likely to get baseball tweets. Uh, mostly just bad food takes and. Puns about baseball, if anything. And a reminder, you can help support the podcast by becoming a patron. Just go to patreon.com slash tailgate, and you'll get priority when we do send out our call for questions every week. And you get a shout out when you do sign up. And if you uh, join the, the top level there of the Patreon, you get priority access into our fantasy league, which we are still planning to do. I think we're planning to hold the draft next Sunday. Is that right, Ryan? It is. That- next oh, Sunday. Boy. Uh, that would be the 19th, my 12th anniversary. Uh, just keep saying that to remind <laughs> myself I got to still get a gift. Sure. Yeah. So well, it's, uh, it's out on the air, too. So we'll all make sure that you you don't forget your anniversary. It's uh, Yahoo. And we are going to it's going to be a Roto League and four uh, central. Yeah. Four central. Four p.m. Central. Okay. So okay. we will be doing that and we will be stay tuned to Twitter. Over the, the next coming days, we need to make sure that uh, the patrons have the first dibs at this because it's part of yeah it's, it's part deal. of the, it's part yeah. of the deal. So we we need to make sure of that, and then we're gonna open it up to the general listenership after that. So stay tuned to Twitter for updates on that, and we will be taking people for that as we go forward. So I didn't realize that it was next Sunday already. So I've done zero prep work. So at the very least, you're going to beat me if you sign up for this league. So like Ryan said, look out for those details. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to the, our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Casts, anywhere else you listen to the podcast. And while you're there, please do leave us a review and help people find the podcast. Thank you all for listening for this week's episode. Be on the lookout for that link to the Prop Bets stay well and until next time we'll have our season preview next week on milwaukee's tailgate
sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, one question. Did yeah. the Brewers sign my favorite large adult son? Who is that? I'm stalling because I literally can't remember. J.K. <laughs> uh, Scott. Did the Brewers sign J.K. Scott? I don't think so. Okay. Because why else would they punt? Ah. Uh, wow, Kyle. Kyle. Wow. Terrible. Just awful. Uh, I lost my collection or connection and collection and recollection. I lost all the actions. I was like, what are we even talking Kyle about? Kyle made a right Kyle now? joke. We're ignoring it and moving on. <laughs> wow. It worked better until I literally forgot JK's uh, <laughs> problem. <laughs> uh, okay. 